Hey, Nick, we're here. Hi, how's it going, Danko? <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 so you came late. I have no. to. I have to say that again because you know you're always late. Well, you know why, right? Why? I have, Nick? A, I have a disorder. I don't. You can't blame it on no, that. You're being ableist. All I'm saying is, usually Nick and I record the intro, before. introduction of for, of the guest about yeah. the guest either before they've arrived, right, yeah. or. At a, at a later date. But Truthfully, since... I feel terrible that I was late. Let's just say it was part of a pattern today, reflecting a disorder. So usually <laughs> um, the, the guest isn't in, present while we talk about them. Um, it could be seen as rude, they, they awkward, uncomfortable, definitely. But we're going to talk about him anyways. He's in the room, but he's not going to... Get on the mic. Not for the intro. Al Senior is our guest this week on the podcast. Multi talented, um, multi talented. We've known him for years. Ralph is also here. Chill out, Ralph. Um, known him for years. I, I think I've known Al longer than you have, pal. That's quite. That's quite likely. You guys are uh, from that generation. <laughs> no, you guys are a generation above me. I, I've, I've known Al. Since Al was in uh, Mower Queen, I've known Al since he was in Mower Queen as well. Uh, well, I, you know, pre cassette, I, I was a pen Demo. pal with Al. That's the thing. Al did a zine called Locust, uh, which uh, it was. I liked it a lot, and so I would write him and say, uh, "Hey, can you send me information on the band Truman's Water?" Really? Or, well, I don't know if I asked him about Truman's really? Water. But I, Nick, well, when I was 13, I was Are you just throwing out that band name just to like be down with A.L.? No, A.L. wrote... He was throwing out these band names to be down, and I was trying to be down with the bands that he was yeah, down half with. Yeah, half the band names that A.L. throw out, I'm, I just kind of uh, politely uh, smile and nod. But I don't I think have no we idea what he's talking interacted about. very much until... No, did I say later. half? More like 85% of the bands he it's talks true. about. I He's have good no at making idea. up fake band names, too. See, at so. that point, then I, I would just say, yeah, I've heard. Of, I think I've heard of them. I don't that even would be know if we line. need the episode anymore. I think we're doing a great <laughs> summary here. Don't forget, he's That's pretty a, cool to talk about an episode that's talking about somebody <laughs> while they're here. Episode 02. Intro to next episode. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so, okay, so... Let's start the He's episode. He's also been on my podcast quite a bit. Frequent guest. Oh, so this is a crossover episode. Many ways it is, yes. Again, because we did it with Damien Abraham. That's right. Earlier yeah. uh, this year. Maybe the two of you can come on my podcast later. This is an official invite. Okay. Um, so let's start the episode, <laughs> shall we? Okay. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flynn, a kid is Tango School. I'll tell him for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fox Joe. Stop playing. Hang Joe. Joe. All right, here we are. We've started the episode, Nick, and uh, welcome, Al. Hey, uh, great to be here. This is really far out. Thanks for having me. Hi, Al. Yeah, it's good to have you on the podcast. Um, you just put out a solo album, Sacred Lamp. Sacred Lamp. It's oh, yeah. actually a collabo. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I always think it's just you because I lead with you. Who's this other dude? So, What's this guy? Uh, so <laughs> this is a really good friend of mine, a Matthew Doc Dunn. Yeah. And uh, he uh, cuts quite a pretty uh, impressive figure himself. He just put out a, like a clutch of really amazing records on his own label, he, Cosmic Range. He's a serious, he's a serious talent. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, and and we go we go back not not as way back as as we go. I was gonna say what as about far me? back as no Nick. I'm more. I'm longer. <laughs> you probably you guys probably. I'm longer. Chopped it up earlier. Um, than yeah, I did with so AL. you know Doc Dunn. He's a really good friend of mine. He's he's fantastic. A couple of weeks ago. Um, we played with Jay Maskus over at Great uh, Grasshoppers uh, Record Store. I saw that he sat yeah. in with us on uh, on Doc's record. Uh, he just released another record, like his third in a year. Who uh, Doc? It's, Dunn? it's called Upper Canada Blues. It's really fantastic. So Jay, he flew down here. He sat really impromptu, surprised us, and sat in with us. We played a, you know, killer scorching version of Cortez the Killer, kind of like one of the highlights of. And it was it was really really too cool and. Um, and Doc Dunn. Yeah, he's a whole other episode so, for y'all. So you got to sit in with Jay 
and uh, Wait, back and it up Doc here. here Jay Maskis flew to Toronto to jam with you guys. Well, um, I'm gonna frame it that way. Oh, but, uh, I see. The, 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 the truth is, he he actually was in town to um, right to uh, to connect with uh, a guru of his who I think here was here giving a workshop. So, uh, you know, yeah. we were talking about downtown. Deepak Chopra? Deepak. No. <clears throat> Two-track. Tupac. And uh, during Hologram. during some of the downtime, you know, he was looking for, you know, looking for some easy action. Hey, man. <clears throat> no about anything happening? He, yeah, the podcast the is sprinkled guy. with so many of Nick's uh, impressions. <laughs> oh. Just to, <laughs> FYI. Okay, I get that it. That was a Mascus impression? Is or was that a Doc Dunn impression? Tell me Lou's not here. Please. <laughs> Please tell me stuff. <laughs> so, Doc Dunn, uh, fairly prolific uh, musician. Very prolific. Yeah, very now, talented guitarist. And also, I saw him do a solo piano show last week. That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Sacred Lamp is the two of you playing guitar together, right? So, yeah. Uh, we we try to take uh, a page out of Eric Cheneau's Life Like Weeds and uh, uh-huh. sort of contemporize that kind of, that kind of sound. Wow. Um, Deep, ne- and then deep, no- <laughs> deep reference there, no, but a good I'll, reference. I'll, I'll is flag- it deep? Oh, He's no, on no. Constellation. <laughs> is there, are they famous? <laughs> Eric Cheneau? <laughs> the is, it deep? <laughs> is it deep, though? Eric Cheneau's on Constellation. I mean, you know, for someone who listens to Coldplay, it might be deep, but... Oh, shots fired. Well... To Life, Coldplay? I think Life Like Weeds is a little even... Uh, Life Like Weeds. Oh, yeah. Life Like Weeds do you really think I don't know who Action is? <laughs> By the way, this is a collect call. <laughs> I'd like you to pay for it. Who's this we're doing now? Chris, Chris Martin. Martin. Oh, Coldplay. Cool. Classic Limey. That's it. Whoa. Okay. Well, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> is that an I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a huge fan. A Coldplay? But I want to talk about it. I yeah. Want, like I, I mean, I, don't I could do a Coldplay. whole thing on Guilty Pleasures. and uh, But there's music. no such thing as Guilty Pleasures. Oh, but there are. No, you just like <laughs> what you like. Yeah, but, you know... That's Guilty in, Pleasures is only if, you Inevitably, know, you're going to be in a room with somebody, and you're going to be kind of, like, hard-pressed to talk about some of the things you listen to. Yeah, I know. I I do. I'm. I certainly self get self conscious when I think about. Well, that's on you, dude. If <laughs> you if, <laughs> if you said you like, I don't know what's what's uh, like Justin Timberlake, for example, right? Not very cool to the pitchfork. JT. Is that your impression of Justin Timberlake? That's or of me a fan? shouting out J- that's a fan just a shouting out, out JT. He's doing a different thing. But I I think that you should. I mean, I'm embrace at, everything. I, yeah, and I'm at the age where, I, like, I just want to graduate high school. I but like racist to... music, that would be like literally a guilty pleasure because you're guilty of listening to it. Like, <laughs> like Morrissey, Burzum, Morrissey. Burzum. Yeah, uh, and it, and you would Rahawa. Uh, even the early Screwdriver before well, they have were to go, racist. Why do you have to take it there, Nick? First of all, <laughs> you would feel uncomfortable because I'd be in the room. And Me? I would, yeah, if you if you like those bands, because I would probably uh, wh- wag my uh, forefinger at you for because liking you, those bands. Yes, you are, I would uh, be the guy that would make you feel guilty for <laughs> liking them. Here's my question. 11. Do you secretly nope. listen? No, I do not. Did you ever play with uh, Finger Eleven? <laughs> yes, we have yeah. a few times. Okay. Were they, there you go. You like Finger Eleven? <laughs> No, and I'm just saying, like, you know, speaking of, you know... I don't lead with, with hey, rain, I'm in a band. Rainbow butt monkeys. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, what, is that supposed to be something I'm I'm supposed to be guilty that well, I feel bad? Of, I feel like AL is hinting that there might be a dark underbelly to that I mean, band. did you ever play with the Tea Party? Yeah, a couple, of times. I don't times. think they're racist. I don't yeah, think we you guys jam? Get... You guys jam it up? <laughs> no, we opened for both those bands. Okay, let's, Do they keep have go, a let's dark, keep going down that. Is there a dark tangent. past? Okay, that, what about Edwin? Let's yeah, talk about this. Okay, I actually well, just played with him last month. Okay, well, I'm Mother Earth. There are problematic things going and, on there. Edwin is a totally nice guy. And, you know, I we played with I'm Mother Earth and played with Finger Eleven. I mean, we've been a band in Canada for over 20 years. Chances are we're going to rub shoulders with all those bands. Platinum Blonde. Uh, all of them. Do you know that none of this is wow. likely going to be in the episode? No. <laughs> no. Mark Holmes owns the singer of Platinum Blonde. He owns the Mod Club. I've never yeah. met Mark Holmes, 
But I've met a lot of people in that circle. You never went to that dance night that he was one of the DJs at? It was him nope. and the buyer at Sam the Record Man, Bobby Guy. Tell no. me about the first time you shared the stage with Mal Havoc. <laughs> That's a band we never have shared the stage with because they, they're not very active. Uh, lately, in the last two years, I think, James has played shows. Let's talk about Mal Havoc for a second. Sure. I love Mal Havoc. They just put out. Urban, uh, Urban Grandeur, I believe that's the label name. They just put out the Age of Dark Renaissance demo on Tasty. vinyl. How did that okay. sound? I never heard that demo. I only heard their CD. Oh, the demo whatever. is amazing. Years, years ahead. And it sounds contemporary today. And so it just proves that Mal Havoc were a band that, you know, a lot of bands took from. I think I saw them once and was really, really impressed by his showmanship. The lead singer, James Cavaluzzo. Yeah, James Cavaluzzo. Saw them many times back in the day when they were kind of an industrial metal band. Yes, that was one I saw. And he would carve his chest in a pentagram and blood. I saw them on the uh, Nipple Clamps tour. So would you say Canada has a special place in the evolution of industrial music? Skinny Puppy. Paul Raven. Paul Raven. You know. um, James Cavaluzzo. Dave Rave and everything he did outside of... uh, Skinny Puppy. Skinny Puppy. He did a lot of mixes and yes. production, I think, production. for people. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would say that Toronto, for a long time, possibly even secretly now, huge industrial hub. There were people, there were like dance clubs that were almost devoted to dance industrial, at least. I don't know. I mean, oh. what you say is true, but I, <laughs> like, I only know what I see in my city. I don't know comparatively if it was ahead or bigger than other cities. What about Kid Rock as a guilty pleasure? Like, what if I were to tell Absolutely you? not. He's a dink. Right. Yeah, keep me out of it. Yeah, please. Let's You're, move, you, move on. <laughs> Nick, Nick's MO on this podcast is to bring up Rahua and Kid Rock <laughs> and make me feel uncomfortable. Why does that make you feel well, uncomfortable? Because I don't like either one. Neither do I. Well, and you know a, I don't. There's a certain I don't know charm you don't like in your Kid audience Rock. hearing you sort of... You Go know, off risk. about how I don't like stuff. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard like notes where they're like, we love it when Well, the stuff really... that Nick brings up in particular. A lot of... The reason why a lot of people don't know that is because it does make the cutting room floor. Yeah. And well, let's just say... Gotta be, you got to keep all of this stuff in. That cutting room floor is carpeted with this the cuttings. Is, uh, there's it's enough wall to wall. It's carpeted with Nick all over it. My so, audio yeah. is pretty much gone. Nobody really knows I'm part of this podcast because it's all edited out. No, because you moved to L.A. I went on the road. <laughs> uh, technology uh, kind of got to the point where an iPhone app can do the job when I'm on the road. And you and I, off the mic, got into it. Like I was telling Al, so we kind of. I don't really remember the, us getting too into it. I don't want well, to bring it up. Selective memory over yeah, there. Very yeah, very selective. Let's get real. Very selective, Nicholas. But it's so, all smoothed over now. <laughs> yeah. So <Says> you. <laughs> I thought we got over it. So Al's here. So I don't want to talk about ourselves or our relationship in front of Al. That's no, that's much more interesting after. than anything I have to say. Believe me. Well, Al was was there back in the day with. Uh, the American flag, or Herschel Savage, and the American flag. Totally. And did we play? Did you guys open for us or something back in the day? Did JC get you on the bill or I some don't, kind of I thing? I don't think we ever shared a bill. Um, but um, with Evan, who played but, drum standing, but up. amazing I, drummer. I definitely remember, you know, <clears throat> all the waves that you were making back in the day. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but even seeing you like open up for the Jesus Lizard. That was a big yeah. deal. Oh, you were at that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a and big deal. And I was wow. like, was that when the I saw you guys, I was like, Horseshoe yes, Tavern? this is... Or was no, it? no, Opera House. Opera House, Opera House. Yeah, with yeah. Girls yeah. Against Boys. Yeah. That was like was the that? biggest night of my life yeah. to that point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and you know, obvi- and then, of course, the connection with CHRY and the Seminole Ode show. And that was, a, that was a really pivotal time for me. And that show was really... In, in influential. I was always very jealous of, of CHRY. It seemed like all the cool people were doing stuff at the uh, college radio station, CHRY, which was not a wavelength that I could access living where I did. So oh, I really? was not able to hear. Uh, Ken, did Ken Sum have a show on it? Squirrel Freedom Over. Yeah, all you guys would have been yeah. playing the craziest music ever <clears throat> he for came me. Out to one of our shows. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was awesome. A couple, what was it, a month or two ago? That yeah, was he really told great. me. We ran yeah, into that was yeah, so cool. It was great to see Ken. Yeah, Actually, yeah. out of everyone, 
from back in the day. Ken is the only person I keep in touch with. Well, he's, he's well, a, a where's worthy... his podcast? I mean, that guy's <laughs> yeah. brain is like, it, does he not have... Is yeah, he just does amazing. he keep it on the low? Yes. Because his knowledge and what he was putting out there at the time, I remember, was like, oh, I want to be this guy. He's yeah. one of these many people out there in the world who, like, if you just sort of turn that rock over, oh, boy, gold all yeah, over all the well, bottom for, of the rock. Yeah, so for, for people who, you know, this is a personal friend of, I guess, all three of ours and yeah. who we've known for... A very long time. I think uh-huh. out of the three, me again. I'm sure the longest. Yeah. Okay, uh, Ken. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ken is yeah. He's definitely um, yeah. He knows his stuff. And and Ken and I actually took a road trip last year. What to Niagara Falls, <laughs> Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and we went to the uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con together. That's awesome. To Why? meet okay. uh-huh. Ric Flair. Wow. You stay at the Falls View over there? No, no, we booted it back home. It's <laughs> only an cool. hour away. So, yeah, we, we uh, it was a long day and it was a lot of fun. But when That's Ric cool Flair so. walked out, Ken teared up a bit. Oh. It was awesome. To watch. That's what I'm talking about. People who care that much about the things that they like. It's not, he's not an encyclopedia. He's an, he's, he's like absorbing it, you know, in a, in a, in a really cool way. Yeah, Ric Flair is a, a legend. So, what, uh, you, what was what was it, Ric it makes Flair sense like? that he would? What what was? Did you? No, I no, I'm not like that. <laughs> cool. No, it's not being. It's not a trying to be cool thing. It's like no, I said we cool. We still cool. Yeah, yeah, but it's more like a you know. I don't get that way anymore. No, 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 not, no, that, not that I've lived and seen it all. No, it's no. just. Um, I have uh, hopefully no emotional connection to anything. To anything. <laughs> kind of like a I robot. I feel objects like, or moments, you know? Like I'm very I sentimental. Like food. <laughs> food makes you cry? Good food is great. Um, but there's also a double whammy there. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine was also there. Oh, his yeah. last it appearance. Was actually, the guests at Niagara He's Falls Comic Con were better than a lot of the guests at Fan Expo. So you got more bang for your buck at Niagara Falls Comic Con. I remember going to Fan Expo, and uh, speaking of tearing up, I was uh, walking around, and I looked over, and there was, like, one of the bushwhackers was there. Whoa! Luke or Butch, and he was, like, in his outfit, and I was like, whoa. Like, that it would touch. Really? It touched. Yeah, because... Oh, my God. It was man. because he was completely in the look you know, the he was in the bushwhacker thing, so it was like taking me back to Sure, but you didn't yeah. like the bushwhackers. No, did I you? hated the bushwhackers. Talking to a bunch of wrestling nerds over here. <laughs> oh, I'm no, sorry. He's not a wrestling guy. So what are you all about? I was down with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, yeah and man. Jimmy Superfly snuck up before we found out. Yeah. The thing. <laughs> the thing that never got resolved because he passed, passed on away. like Jeffrey thing Epstein. That is, yeah. it shouldn't be. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, where's where are you guys at with that? I'll drop it. Just just <laughs> see what I mean, Al. It's like it's a constant weird conspiratorial a- a- NPR. Been through all of this. The Epstein. Anyway, let's drop it. But I want to thank you, Al. <laughs> I'm not going to make this about me, but I'm going to say no. Thank you. No way. We can lead this into the talk of your music as well. But it's like you Whoa. invited me to be part of your residency at the Transact. Yes. And it's been such Transact a Transact Club in Toronto. Let's be uh, yes, the Legendary New Zealand and Australian social, social club, club located at uh, Brunswick and Bloor. Brunswick. Yeah. Right. And you've got a what is it a, a monthly night? So yeah, yeah. We doing we're doing a monthly residency Today. over there. We've been doing that for about three 330. years. Um I started doing it I've with never Doc been. Dunn. Um, you know, we started doing a sacred lamp thing and then I started doing more solo sets and it really kind of pushed me to, to try and uh, make music, um, for, you know, for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, Cause you haven't <clears throat> been, uh, making music, uh, for a few years. Am I wrong? Well, you know, I, I you know, I, I've been out there. My Discogs page will, um, will show you different. But um, you might want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Tip of the tongue. <laughs> I so, was late because so I was looking at count, the Discogs. Page. Wait a minute. Does it count on like I guess Discogs will 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 you, you can hey, list man, anything. Scroll that thing up. But right but uh, <laughs> but when you put out something on the in the world that you you live in, 
the the uh, the runs are what 30 50 100 copies this sacred lamp is a big one though it's got there's uh 500 copies hey, hey who knows you know this cat reached out to me from the russian federation and like put out like an edition of one flexi disc and um you know you you never know where you know where you like hear Wu-Tang? about these cats right? but um yeah. you know you're just trying to get get your music out to people and whatever and we were talking about technology and that you know, just that whole CDR movement, you know, in the in the 90s and, you know, early 2000s. And, oh, wow. You know, I, I've always been making, like, active in making music and recording and um, now, now, playing oh, different... Do you, do you put it on Bandcamp as well? And what's the name you that you go on from Bandcamp? I don't have too much on Bandcamp. I, maybe there's three... Is it AL Senior or is it... There, there, there's a Sacred Lamp Bandcamp that's... Another thing, and then there's my, uh, you know, one under my name. And you have a label one, probably, and, too, uh, right? There, there isn't a label one. The uh. Medusa thing was really kind of like, I've ha- you know, I had a, one of the things I brought for you. Is, Medusa uh, Editions is the label. A really label. beautiful MV&EE Medusa really, Edition. Really uh, Plastic Crime Wave did the, uh, he did the uh, Hebrew uh, lettering and all the graphic design over there. Jacob wow. Horwood, my man Jacob Horwood. That's a beautiful Who played in uh, the vinyl. much beloved Toronto uh, band Gastric Female Reflex yeah. did the artwork on that one. And um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I, put out, I put out about 20 records on, on Medusa, released like a ton of stuff. And, um, and also my own stuff. So I have I have a few of your own things, Hebrew lips, too. Hebrew lips. That's yeah, a classic. I think I have Hebrew. Lips, that's a really good I? one. I feel like yeah. you wrote that for your kids or something. That one was. I remember it was like there was some sort of uh, child association with one of your records. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> child. <laughs> so. Uh, Pull up the track listing over there. Let's get specific. So does Jay Maskus make his way down to Grasshopper Records to jam with Sacred Lamp because he's a fan of 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 your output? Well, I wouldn't say mine. I would say um, he's really Doc is really connected to to just a host of beautiful artists and musicians. Everybody from MVNEE who he's toured with to Jay Maskus and. Um, you know, Jay loves Matt's music, and I think he trusts him and the decisions that he makes and the music that he makes. So he was just really happy. And Jay, he's a really soft-spoken kind of like, you know, in the cut kind of a cat. So people usually get like the wrong, a wrong interpretation of him. But he he was just out to kind of spread the love and like to to show his appreciation and like his share his love of music. He so, seems um, cool. I don't know. I always thought he seems like he does neat projects, and you know, he's got yeah, such Dennis a history. Is a good one. Yeah, anytime I think you have a person who doesn't, is not as verbose as, you know, some of the people out there filling up the airwaves and the atmosphere. He's talking about me. They're people, you know, they, they kind of like, you know, that person is, has an attitude or something like that. But Jay is, he's, he's so cool. Um, uh, uh, I don't mean to frame this like so you can uh so you know to legitimize you or anything but by name dropping oh please do but also someone else who a lot of people who might be listening would maybe know would be um uh, robert pollard right right you have some sort of connection with him through herschel savage and the american flag and guided by voices and well yeah that, tell me about that, that whole thing was very funny and it was just a very because can i go back you please. used to come on my show our our show in chy and um ask and make requests for guided by voices you loved guided oh, by wow. voices so well, it was this interesting. Is how old was I? I was yeah. You know, we're so talking you, about like eighteen, nineteen. Right. So you eventually hooked like up with the band, you know? Like, so uh, can you lead me into that? Well, yeah. Without without getting too too specific, I mean, we just were at a very we were just very fortunate at a very young age to be really moved by B thousand and those those records that came out on Scat. I'm talking about Evan, Evan and I. This was right after Mower Queen, and we started playing. Um, and recording and we had one of those Tascam four track recorders and and we were just we loved the technology and we loved how direct it was so we were just writing songs like crazy at the same time that we were listening to all of that lo-fi quote-unquote music that GBV was making and we reached out to them we recorded we recorded music music with Brendan McGuire at the old studio where uh, Sloan was doing their recordings and um, we managed to get a copy of the uh, those sides that we cut with Brendan to um, to Pollard 
at that time, Pollard was, you know, he ha also had that kind of micro imprint that he was running called Rockathon Records. So when we linked up with them, I think they played a show in maybe London and like Thrush Hermit was opening. And then we like drove there to meet GBV and kind of schmooze with them. And just in the course of that, they're like, you guys need to play. So they invited us on to do like an, like an impromptu kind of set. At which point I think like, you know, I think one of the guys from Thrush Hermit like threw me off the stage or something. <laughs> and um, oh, and then we sort of had a connection with them. Was it no, no, it's all, maybe. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was at that point. And, um, you know, we, we kept in touch with them. They loved the record. Pollard put it out on Rockathon. And then around 2000, 99, 2000, we did the East Coast leg of the Do the Collapse tour with them. Mm -hmm. And nice. um, it was really cool. We played, um, mm -hmm. we played a lot of really cool shows, and we got to hang out with them. And, so uh, was the connection for them to even or for Pollard to even look at you guys, like a cassette, I would assume, in the mail, Brendan McGuire, because McGuire was tied in with Sloan, and Sloan had connections with Guided by Voices, and yeah, you maybe know, I don't still think, do. I don't think it was that. I think you have to give Pollard a lot of credit. I mean, like, the guy has such a big brain and a big heart for music, and I think he just, he opened himself up to the idea of, like, taking these, like, you know, adolescence on the road with him and like giving him a chance to like express themselves in music. And he was just a real big supporter and advocate for like, for like these really like high energy, rambunctious, precocious kids. And um, it was a I good album you guys put guy. out. You, you, you put out, he put out a great album by you guys too. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. It's a cool record. It was an incredible snapshot in time you know you you kind of get one of those i think maybe maybe two or something so but that we were able to connect with with uh, pollard at that age i think was really it's hugely inspirational are you still in touch with him well you know i never was personally in touch with robert pollard it was always i always kind of wanted to give uh give evan sort of his uh a wide sort of birth uh an area space for him to be able to keep his networking things going while I was just kind of like laid in the cut and did what I thought I was good at doing, which was just kind of writing the music, making the music. Okay, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, behind the scenes of what you just said, but we won't, <laughs> we won't get into that, but so, go on. You know, so, you know, I feel so, like the word birth so, so the, the most... <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, Nick. So... Um, <laughs> So um, I kind of laid in the cut and, you know, that was really his networking kind of a zone. And we I did have the opportunity to uh, hang out with him on tour and rap with him. And I have a really nice, big, beautiful book that I sort of carry around that I've had sort of for like the last 20 years um, that I sort of have accumulated all of these really cool drawings and writings and um, contributions, artistic contributions from people that I've admired over the years. So like, that for example, wild. Robert Pollard, I sat in Robert Pollard's kitchen in Dayton, Ohio, right next to, to Need More Songs over there. And um, he was able to, to do like a two page writing piece on all of these like fake band names. You know, I have a, I have a beautiful piece by John Fahey. I have a really cool Jennifer Harima uh, drawing from Royal Trucks that she How did. How did that happen? For me, Michael Morley from the Dead Sea. I've got some really cool stuff. So. How did you hook up with Jennifer Harima from Royal Trucks? Well, when 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 uh, we were on tour on one of the off nights that the American flag was on tour, I, th I think it was we were in Alabama or something like that. We had an off night, so we went to go see Royal Trucks play, and uh, I just rolled up to them after, and you know I took the whole band. I think John McCann was with us, and and Matt Kelly and uh, Paula Coyne and. Um, I don't think Evan came with us, actually. I could be wrong. Uh, but trucks, man, I was heavily into the trucks. And, and of course, the whole Royal Trucks No Neck Blues Band. And that's how I sort of met uh, John Fahey and sort of struck up a relationship with him. And, um, but I, I had a lot of good fortune to, to meet a lot of these cats, like, you know, who are putting out this energy and this vibration. And, um, I mean, you know what that's like. I mean, just getting to meet and connect with some of the people that, you know, you're reading and you're listening to, to me has got to be, you know, one of the biggest thrills of my young life. Yeah, it's a very and, exciting um, thing. And I say that, you know, obviously, uh, just in light of recent events of, of the last uh, week, two weeks, where you had a really amazing guy named David Berman, who was a writer and a poet and musician, and um, he passed away recently. And 
he uh, he was going to be playing here on the 27th, which is next Tuesday, with his new band Purple Mountains, who are comprised of these really amazing cats um, that that we've rolled with, that Doc and I are friends with, Woods. Right. So they're kind of like the band to uh, Berman's Dylan. And, and, and David Berman from Silver Jews on Drag City, mm-hmm. a pretty legendary indie yeah, band. Yeah, and he wrote one book of poetry, this book that I have here, which is called Actual Air, and... Um, it sold about 20,000 copies, I think, probably over the course of its, you know, print run. And uh, there's going to be a memorial event for David Berman next Tuesday night in the main hall of the Transac. Uh, that's Tuesday, August the 27th. I'm going to be doing a, a poetry reading, a really nice piece out of Actual Air, which I really love. And uh, probably sitting in with Doc Dunn, he, we're going to do a Silver Jews uh, track. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it brings to mind that, you know, tomorrow isn't, isn't a given. You don't know when you might, you may or may not be able to run into these people and who knows the impact like that they have on you. And, you know, when you have a conversation with somebody and, and that really moves you, I think, or me anyway. So I've always tried to, to try to find these people when they roll into town and sort of see if I could speak with them. Well, you also do this great thing, which is documenting the performance. You know, a lot, if people go on the Medusa Editions uh, YouTube, a lot of the, the you have a lot of clips of, of small shows, Grasshopper Records, for instance, just big shows, like just you go to shows and you, you, you roll. And, and that's almost something that harkens back to... Uh, I don't know, like when in the 80s or something, when you'd get a tape or see a video, wasn't it awesome when you'd pop in a VHS someone got you of some live show from a band you love in some city you'd never been to, you know? And I mean, that's kind of what it makes me think of. Archiving is also very yeah, important. Yeah, I mean, that's cool that you mentioned that, the whole the whole archiving thing. Um, it's If I could just correct you for a second, it, it isn't actually the Medusa. Oh, if you right. go to YouTube... The name of the YouTube channel is actually Dream Weapon Film, and there's about maybe about close to 700 pieces uh, that I've uploaded in, uh, of, of concerts and, and performances that I've filmed there. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some good, definitely some cool stuff there. Um, archiving and D.A. Pennybaker, Baker, he he obviously passed away recently. That was also a huge influence. Seeing Don't Look Now, uh, or Don't Look Back, I should say. Um, when that thing came out when I was in school and um, archiving. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other lost art form that I, I'm, you know, very much into it. It's very important, you know, and I, I found something. You can, you can hunt things down on YouTube sometimes when you look up something very obscure and you'll find somebody, because a lot of people who do archiving are actually very much onto the newest way of handling it. You know, so you'll, I found about this uh, communal living space, Rochdale in, in Toronto, I found somebody who had written a book about it, and he, in like 1980, recorded him reading the book on some reel-to-reel, and he uploaded the whole thing to, to YouTube, including when he would like take phone calls during the reading. <laughs> because he Did you listen to it? You actually listened to that? I listened to, to the whole thing. Well, that it was, was interesting. Whole, you know, it's an interesting story. That was the whole story. thing about doing a zine was was a band would come to town. I mean, the initial idea was in taking a page out of Jamie Rapkin's Z and Pumpkin Seed. What blew me away was like, he was getting record labels to send him like tons of, he was getting tons of promo <laughs> I records. I think it blew everyone month. away. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh my God, I got to get a Z and I need to get free records also. And then, you know, you'd get Six Finger Satellite come to town and then you'd like be able to sit down and interview them and hang out with them. Yeah. And, and all of, and then it would just expose you to this whole world of like, Weird people. I mean, and not yeah. just music. I mean, what it comes down to is, it, is it's kind of like, you know, you get to hear about people's philosophy about life. Yeah, and, weird know, people yeah. In, in a good in you a know. good sense. And the younger way. you are, you know, the easier it is for them to kind of say, "Yeah, I'll sit down and chat with you." You and, know, because you, know, you, you don't have that girls against boys and like, yeah. you know, how many rad people came through in those years? So and, many, um, it was crazy. You know, the Palace know, Brothers girls. Maybe against it was show. because I was so young, but I thought there was more. These days, are there any interesting people left? Well, I, I mean, this is like the big, <laughs> the big weird thing where it's so easy to go, oh, like there's like new things or a retread of old things. And I think that that's a little bit of what nostalgic 
uh, like it's just overly nostalgic. Like we just don't. How could we have that experience of being, you know, nineteen and falling everything in love is with, interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, my my so, feeling you know, is there were that certainly a lot of bad things I liked when I was nineteen. There's always yeah. interesting things happening and interesting people doing mm-hmm. things, and and it's only when you step out of the way and move your ego and get out of your fixed position that you realize that no there's there's really amazing things happening and uh, oh there always me, is but are know, they made by interesting people <laughs> well yes <laughs> yes, sometimes. yes there are there really are, there are absolutely to me that's, peep. to me that is, that is the fountain of youth is is just always being on the cusp of discovery you want you want the new thing that is the you fanta that next of thing. Yeah, I that's mean, a nice way to put it yeah writing yeah. to Dennis and Jimmy Flemian, the frogs, and <laughs> yeah. being like, yo, I really like this record, but what else do you have? So, and there's them sending me cassettes right. of made up okay, songs. Okay, now you started yeah. this. Now we got to open this up. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the thing about AL that I've always known about, and JC and I have always talked about it, is we always ex- assumed you were friends with the frogs, and the frogs are one of the most mysterious and most brothers fucked slash up, lovers, yeah, fucked very up odd bands band. in history. And yeah. when I say interesting people, those are the kinds of people I mean. So, yeah. what is your history with the frogs? And that's, I think, the only time I will ever utter that question. <laughs> I think it goes back to um, to doing the CHRY thing, and I would be doing these these like yearly record trips, like take the bus into New York, and while I, I you know I did the you know I was a I had the the show the Sound of Jazz to come I had that radio show I had that slot, but I I then eventually got hired as the music director at CHRY, so. I was coming into contact with all of this music coming into the station and different labels, and one, of course, that you'll know is Homestead. Right. So on one of my trips, I made, a, I made a trek up to Homestead, and one of the records that one of the really? cats there laid on me was It's Only Right and Natural on LP. <laughs> and that was a moment. That was the moment that was like the crack in the cosmic egg. It's one of the coolest things about Billy Corgan. You know, one of the things about Billy Corgan is just... Oh, like he really supported the frogs. So know? there is a Smashing Pumpkins pop frogs connection, right? The uh, yeah, the Billy, you know, say, and Sebastian Bach. Say what you want about Billy Corgan, and I, I think he's a you know really talented songwriter yeah. and, all, and all that and the other thing. But I'm, he like loved and was a big supporter of the frogs, and uh, he actually released. I mean, he brought the frogs on tour with them. There's a, there's a, there's a crazy yeah. story that when the pumpkins played uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, <laughs> that the frogs opened and and they, he was wearing his famous Did green they really bat suit. No. And they played. I heard that they played. It's a cover of It's a Wonderful Life. And then he stage dove into the audience. Uh, it's a wonderful and it was a life. Disaster. Or do you mean one, wonderful, what a, what a wonderful, what a wonderful world? world. Sorry, yeah, it's yeah, a wonderful world. world. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> wow. Really? And then he, Does anyone have footage? It's of so that? easy anyone? to picture the frogs covering that song. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. they they. they Appeared on their tour video, which was Vuforia. I know Evan Dando took a lot of interest. I mean, I think he rolls. He's really good friends with Jimmy. Anyway, I mean, your I connection. Th- I think they are Jimmy Fleming and Dennis. They they're just the greatest songwriters. Very I mean, special just, songwriters. Set, really I mean, interesting. you could call them. You could look at their lyrics carefully under a microscope and examine them for how ridiculous and absurd and and revolting some of this stuff is, but what it gets down to is their sense of melody is like so far superior to any music that's being made today on any level. No, I love it. I mean, I, love I direct it. people to any of the made-up What's songs. What's that song with the, it was a good, that was a good drum break. <laughs> Obviously, Beck sampled well, yeah, them yeah. on. And, uh, so there you go. If anyone's tr- struggling to figure out who we're talking about. I see about, you've got a copy yeah. of My Daughter the Broad here, which when Matador put that out, that kind of changed the game for me like that. And you know, recently, <laughs> we were just on a road trip and I played <laughs> Wesley Willis for my right. son Wesley Willis uh, Greatest Hits Volume 2 and there's a Wesley Willis Frogs connection too because they actually did a split 45 and um, you know just they're yes these people are out there they're making music and they're not making you know lots well, of Wesley money. Willis is dead I'll he, tell you he, what he, but and so he, is the guy from the Frogs I mean, one of them one well, of Dennis, them Dennis Dennis uh, passed away but, you know, the, here's the thing is like these things happen once people come into town, they play their sets. You got one chance to speak with them, meet, meet them, hear their music, buy their records. And when you make a, an emotional connection, that kind of stays with you forever. Well, and that want to keep 
kind of, you know, what else is out there? You know, bring it on. The Melvin show at the back of Rotate This. That's the thing is you want to like, you don't want to sound like you're lording shows over people when you're talking about seeing something. But it's it's the it, it's the impact, you but know, that's of these the thing. shows. I mean, that's what we're saying is like these yeah. things are actually always happening. But, you know, where are you at? You know, so mm-hmm. you can't really fault or blame anybody but yourself when you miss out on these things. And, you know, these these things don't happen twice. Well, sometimes they do, I guess. But the idea is always try Led Zeppelin to they put out Zeppelin connect, too. connect with people when you have an opportunity. Moist Boys too. I I, uh, I I remember I, I uh, we were on tour with Sebastian Bach in Guns N' Roses uh, like a, a decade ago, and I remember talking to Sebastian about the Last Hard Men, oh. which is his band with super group, super group, <laughs> with, with, who invo- involves a frog. So wait, he wait, knows who's, right, in, who's right. in the Last Hard Men. What it's is that? Sebastian Bach, Kelly Deal, Kelly Deal from okay. the Breeders, uh, <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy Chamberlain from Smashing wow. Pumpkins, Jimmy wow. Fleming, and Jimmy yeah. Fleming from the Frog. So yeah, oh I was kind of hoping that they would have kind of a bigger career. But yeah. um, that is a wild lineup, man. He promised he'd give me a copy, but I guess he never he forgot. But for some reason, Jimmy Chamberlain is the most surprising part of that to me. But I guess that's Kelly him. Deal for me. Kelly like, Deal, what? that's really odd. Yeah, a- actually, all of them. Well, you know, like attracts together. like, and like people. Have you heard the album? I don't know that there. I didn't didn't know that there ever was an album. I thought that they did one track on like the Clueless soundtrack, or was oh, like really it was like something like that. Like really? there was a Last Hard Men track on some big movie that came out, and I was always looking for that album, but I I don't know that it ever came out. Yeah, like he. I could be. Sebastian wrong. said he was going to get me a copy. So there is an album. Where are you at, Sebastian? Yeah. What's going on? Well, so Al. So when you're talking about the Eric Cheneau Life Like Weeds approach that you're doing to your own stuff, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. No, far be it from me to compare myself to a, a real artist like no, Eric No, that's Cheneau, not what I'm trying I'm... to... I'm not trying to say that you're a false He's at the all. Man. He's the I'm man. just saying about, you know, I I see your your sets like every time, you know? We I, we do those shows together, and, and uh, I'm always super into it. And... Uh, it just seems besides Eric Cheneau or why is he, what is it about life like weeds and Eric Cheneau that what made an impact on you? What is it? Is that the only thing that's kind of feeding into you? What is, what is exciting you these days that inspires your music? Yeah, no, I just mentioned his name just because I saw that you've, you've got a bunch of his records and um, he's just set the bar so high artistically yeah. that like when I was like 16 or 17 and going to see them at the Rivoli and that that you know that always stayed with me but you know doc and i just kind of like just the duo thing and we played we we released a an album with kevin haney's label in your disc uh, called crystal fingers and that kind of morphed into kind of like the raga and the blues based jamming that would come to be a uh, sacred lamp so um and we just have very similar sensibilities we're really simpatico on the kind of music that we like to make that i like to make just kind of um I don't know, low-key desert blues, kind of troubadour, drifter. Mm-hmm. Where, can, where can someone get the Sacred Lamp album? There's a band camp. There's a Sacred Lamp band camp, and um, you can find it you know, pretty much at any cool record store. Yeah, the, the vinyl in looks Toronto. In Toronto, rotate this. The vinyl this. looks but, amazing. But if you're not living in Toronto or Canada, where Oh, can well, you, get you know, it? it's available at Academy Records in New York City, Shangri-La, and Memphis, Tennessee. And, Anywhere uh, you've visited. All spots in between and any place that I've... You know, rough trade in Brooklyn. You know, you gotta get it to I permanent to records, city, baby. You got to get it to uh, the other one in um, on, on Sunset. A, there, yeah. Amoeba? I need a no, pr- not Amoeba. The it's it's uh, anyway. And then no, that's just the thing is like when I roll into town to kind of like to do my own record shopping, I just kind of go in there and be like, hey man, this is my record. You know, it'd be cool. You have a record store. It'd be cool if you had it in your. So store. here's what we do: so. we book you a tour in every city in the world. <laughs> Have you and been you on tour? the record in every city in the world. Have you been on that. tour? I played a show in Tel Aviv a couple years ago. That was really cool at a really cool store called B-Side Records. That was awesome. Um, have I have I done like a world tour like you no, guys? No, like, like a would tour. I do a tour? Well, I mean, I've toured at different points, like you know, in my life, whether it was with uh, the you know Herschel Savage or mm-hmm. um, you know I've done shows up in Montreal or you know 
you know, we'll do the rare show like when I'm in Israel or something like that. But um, I mean, I'm very much, you know, and, and I play all the time in the city. So, you know, I, you know, I'm open to uh, invitations to come and play. We just got a very nice invitation to play down in Memphis. So I think whenever anybody hears the record or the music, I think that lends itself to the invitation. But you don't want to push yourself you know, too much on people. Well, that's and I don't have a manager MO. or anything like that. It's just kind of like, a, exactly, I just kind of roll with it. Like, we do that uh, show with no matter what the audience is, size So what do you wise. do? You do comedy? I do stand-up at it, nailed, and we actually collaborate a In lot at it. Where I have and when Nick key- says collaborate... What he's what he really Youngman. means is Henny that Youngman get up here right now. I need you. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of spring. Running low on jokes. I need spring you to get up bits here on him. Yeah, I basically write a, a series of questions that then he asks or vice versa. Oh, this versa. is no. You don't come in with your your guitar. It's oh, you no, and him. Well, well no, this is just a, there's a separate. There's my set, and yeah. then there's Nick's portion, which is going to involve me at times, uh, willingly as the straight or man. unwillingly, as the straight man. But I actually like Nick. He's also the timer. I like because his, he can uh, just stop it whenever he wants. I like the format of uh, Nick's questions, his Q and A. It's pretty amusing. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's it's been really fun. I don't know. There's something so free about that room, but like, uh, when am I gonna be able to do a solo set? You've well, been requested. What, We've asked you about it. What are we gonna do? No, it's a yell's night. You've asked. <laughs> it's a day. It's at three thirty in the afternoon. Well, yeah, we do, I'll, we I'll do, do when we start. We so do the three leave. to five. Can we? Can we count on you for a, for an acoustic set of Jackie DeShannon covers or? A... No, no. I'm, I'm putting out a, a vocal noise album. Oh yeah, that's right. So I might, I might, I'll, I might consider doing a live set. But you could okay. do film reviews live as well. Talk about Gremlins, Gremlins Two, Joe Dante movies. No, I'll, I'll, I want to do an extension of the thing. album. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing about you is that when you were working at, at, at Queen Video, I was living right by you, so I was able to visit you all the time, and you slid a lot of uh, DVDs and VHS uh, to check out my way. Yeah, those, uh, those were the... Those were the heady days. You went to Queen. Those days. You got the job. That's the job everybody wanted, I right? got the job, yeah. <laughs> everybody the, Damien wanted... had the other job. He was over He's at Suspect. Suspect. Yeah. And, and Ken uh, also worked at the suspect. Yeah, and, Ken worked uh, at suspect for a while. Yeah, the cool dudes worked at cool suspect, dudes. and yeah. like the, the the cool dudes worked at QV also. Yes. So I yeah, also sure. there's a couple other things about I I think we reconnected through Instagram, right? So you're Medusa Editions, <laughs> and um, we're like, <laughs> do you have a connection with John Olson? In, well, I think John Olson, Olson has a connection with everybody, whether you like it or not. I mean, Olson <laughs> is, you know, the funny thing is Olson, you know, Dead Machines, one of the bands that he plays in with his uh, wife, amazing wife Tova, they played at Taranga's African Bar in Kensington cool. Market, like years and years and years ago. Like this was like right when Facebook was just coming out. And we were rapping, and he's like, "Man, are you on Facebook?" I'm like, "Man, I don't know anything about it." <laughs> And he's like, man, you got to get on Facebook. <laughs> and I, people were telling me, like, you, you know, just in the community, whatever, you should get on this thing. But when Olson told me to go on Facebook, I was like, okay, you know, this is a whole new way of as me, whatever people making music or as like fans of music or people who were into zines and love records. That was the first real way that we could kind of bring all of that adolescent zine stuff and use the technology to right. really start talking about it. So when Olson tipped me off, off to it, I was like, I was willing to, to, you know, to get my feet in the water, and that obviously he spiraled owns, into. He owns Instagram, really, but a lot of his regrams <laughs> are from other people. But does he credit all of them? Well, that well, was an issue. I don't think it matters. I mean, is this that is an the issue? beautiful thing about We talked Olsen. about that on my podcast. You know, oh, and I was, really? yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Mani Mazanani, you know, he said, like, he's like, hey, man, I love your Instagram, but, you know, you are a savage reposter. You know, and that's kind of like what I sort of do, and that's what I do you've with regrammed, my zine. You've regrammed me, but no credit. Well, no credit. No credit, I mean, AL. Have I? Original grams, too. Well, listen. OG. This, this is, Original this is the way, This is the way it goes. I mean, this is just kind of like what we did back then was just, you know, what? Who, yeah. who is it that said, you know, great, great artists borrow, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. That and was, I think like you're in uh, Some landscape. dude who was stealing like yeah. a motherfucker <laughs> said not, that. That was, I'm that's not, who coined that fucking I'm not Cooper. calling myself, <laughs> I'm not calling myself an artist. I'm just saying like that technology... <laughs> I mean, I love looking at pictures. I love it. I mean, probably more so than most people think that they like 
looking at pictures, but there's so many great <laughs> pictures. And you love it more than I, most people think. I, they there's there's enjoy a lot. It. There's, there's a lot that could be unpacked there, but there are so many great pictures, and there's a fine line also in that. Is like there, you know. There's a way. Like Olson doesn't. He there's almost no filter when he when he posts his stuff. Like I think no. that's and the so main I, thing. My, is it's I like do have instant. a bit of a filter. But didn't that guy? <laughs> what's his name? The big fat Jew get in trouble? The like he big, got shamed. Fat, fat Jew. Yeah. But he he monetized it. Uh, fuck Jerry oh, monetized right, right, it. Right, right, right. You know, and and and, and fuck Jerry and, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and John yeah. John Olson isn't. Doing that in the least, right? Okay, but I okay. know that, that. Um, like, I did a very small interview with him. I almost got him on the podcast, but I did a very small interview with him to promote a Wolf Eye show, and I asked about that, and I think he put things in the way slightly that you did. But shortly after that, somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh, he stole my thing," and then no, so now the I, now I think he's crediting a bit more. You don't understand. When he does There's stuff. no such thing as stealing in Instagram. Okay, get over yourself. Like, get over it. Like, get Are you over. You talking it. to me? No, I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm you, just putting that out there. Part like, of a collective. you don't own anything anymore. Like, there's nothing. I mean, I mean, it's very nice. I mean, to credit and but I don't think that that necessarily needs to lend itself to that uh, sort of. Um, I don't know. What am well, I trying to say here? I just think that it's open let territory. Let me, let me, let me, let me post. That's what you're trying to I, say. Let, let me do my <laughs> thing, man. You know, let me post. And I think that it's all. And and you know the thing about mine also as well is that you have to be invited. I'm just not putting this stuff out there for everybody. Right. If you're invited, then you get to see pictures of my kids. You know, for right, better. Right. You know, like it's just it's really me in my life, and then like you know family stuff. But then also the things that I find amusing and really absurd about all of this existence. Yeah. And it's just like the whole absurdity of it that I think I love. That is that is amazing. I mean, is that what drives of, your work? That is what drives all my of our work. That yeah. is what it is. I mean, yeah. I think that the the instantness of creating things like memes and and uh, gifts or gifs or whatnot, like we can't put that quite on the level of intellectual property, as you, you know, um, on the same level as a lot of things, because a lot of the time you're using borrowed images, you're using, you know, you're yeah. already kind of this whole thing is borrowed. Nothing is nothing is given, especially in but that the lines world. on a meme. If they're I don't, witty you enough, know what? I don't do memes. Like, I do not. Memes are not a part of my thing. That's I. I. That's I, awesome I territory. rarely post any text with the pictures. Yeah. Like, no, rarely yeah, you know. I, so I want the image really to speak for itself, and and then when you yeah. impose, you know, text on it, it often takes away from the impact of the actual image. So, you know, there are all these kind of brief and subtle philosophies that you know that maybe that I've. You know, I don't want to project it on anybody, but mm -hmm. I have my own kind of way that I view that. I kind of get it. It's very absurd. I think so that it's don't, like, don't pay too much. There's like some it. level of the research that you've put into <laughs> getting things. You want someone to say, who the, who the hell took that picture? And then they reverse Google image search the picture. And then they're like, oh, Maplethorpe. Well, I'll look into this Maplethorpe. Do they go? Yeah. Who <laughs> goes that deep? You I guys do that. But stuff? AL probably has gone I'm, that deep in the past. You've gone that deep in the past. Really? I'm not saying with photo credit, but with tracking things down. You yeah, know, which maybe. is the internet's kind of uh, being the magic lamp of of an entire generation. Mm, Zingo! The, what a the, way to bring it back. You know, the sacred lamp of an entire generation means: Do I want to know about? Every, almost everything about Danko Jones, you know, do I want to even, you know, know everything about uh, Sebastian Bach and his like band stuff or, you know, it's, it's all right there for people, you know, if we, well, where would we be at if that was how we grew up? Who could say? Oh, you know? I, I wish. Do I you? mean, if well, somebody told me when I was working at CHRY, when I was, you know, that you'd have this then, then I, you know, I would have. I would have loved it. I would have, you know, yeah, I, so I would have like loved that stuff. You're then. using I mean, it now. So yeah. to me, just for me personally, you know, selfishly, um, I love and connect with that world and that stuff and being able to laugh. And I think being able to bring joy and laughter into your life uh, in that one. <laughs> what are you, are you summoning? No, it was, like you were, you're working up to a great ending. Oh, uh, was I? Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, that works. I killed it. That works. Um, but yeah, no. just, just, you know, have fun with it, you know, do what Kawhi said, you know, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. 
and um, and you know, let the music do the talking.
So, Nick, uh, this is is our first post-podcast roundup. Yeah, the outro. Yeah, the outro? Yeah, just talked to AL Senior. Wasn't that nice? It was cool. Um, I want to talk more about AL, but I'm kind of vibing on the whole, this is our first outro ever. Yeah, so really we should just... Talk about that. Talk about how this is an outro, and it feels great. I do outros on the pot mine, and, and it, oh, it feels so you're awesome. doing oh, we're, this is your idea. That's we're just what, doing what you're. We're just doing your podcast. This is why. This is how we fall down the hole of beef. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, please go to DankoJones.com at Danko Jones, Danko Jones podcast. Oh, is that how you're winning it back? <laughs> Listen, SoundCloud. All, my whole thing is, I just. Just respect. Beagle podcast. It's all about respect. That's all it is. I respect you. And I respect I respect AL. you. Thank and you. And AL. Wow. Well, folks, and I respect you, and I'm sure that Danko Jones also respects you, the listener. <laughs>